If you're looking for ways to prioritize your health and fitness, run more efficiently, understand food, and somehow fit it all into a fun and family-centered life, you're in the right place. This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. Thank you so much for joining us today on episode number 37 of the Real Life Runners podcast. Today we're going to be talking about running in the heat and the humidity because summer's a coming and this is a very important topic for us to talk about. It's a great topic and super important for, for a safety perspective. You know, from the high school coaching perspective, I'm all about trying to make sure the kids are out there and running so that by the time August shows up, they've, they've done something. But that's not just because I want them in shape that when school starts, it's because you need to put in the effort during the heat of the summer to be prepared for the heat of August. Right, because your body needs to learn how to acclimate to that heat. So let's start off today by just reviewing a little bit about what happens when we exercise. So when we exercise, our body temperature goes up, and so our body sweats to try to cool it back down. The body cools down when our sweat actually evaporates off of our skin. And the second thing that happens is that the body diverts more of your blood towards the skin in order to help cool you down. So it's taking the blood away from those muscles and heart that are working to help you continue running and is trying to send more blood to the skin to help you cool down, which is why running in the heat also feels so much harder because more blood is being diverted away from your muscles into your skin just to try to keep your body temperature down, that there's not as much blood then to fuel your muscles and your heart. So running just feels a lot harder. Right. Even if you've you've eaten correctly beforehand, your body's literally, it doesn't have enough blood pumping to the muscles to provide the fuel for your muscles because they're too busy trying to make sure that you don't pass out from the heat. Right. So there's two situations that we also want to address because it's a little bit different based on whether or not you live in a dry climate or whether or not you lived in a very humid climate like we live down here in Florida. I've played both of these games, actually. Yeah, that's true. You have because Kevin grew up in California where, you know, everybody likes to say, I mean, California is hot. It's plenty hot in the summer. But everyone's like, oh, it's a dry heat, you know, especially like down in Arizona or Nevada, like, you know, it's it's hot, but it's a dry heat. That's not where I grew up. I I mean, when, when it was running over the summer, there were days where it was like, oh, well, it's 102, but I need to go get in a run now. Right. I don't care if it's hot or, or wet or dry. It, it's hot. But when you, like, where you, your family lives, it's usually cooler in the morning, though. It's cooler in the morning, but if, if you don't wake up and get going and it's the middle of the afternoon, you're kind of stuck. Yeah, if you're a high school boy that sleeps until 11 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> that was the problem. <laughs> right, right. So... Let's talk about the dry climate first then. Okay, so in in the dry environment, as you're running, the air is so dry, you sweat, and you, you look down at yourself and you're like, oh, I'm not even sweating. I, this is not going that bad. It, it can't be that hot. But the problem is, is the sweat is evaporating almost as quickly as you can produce it. Right, so you're actually sweating. It's just evaporating immediately. So you become so dehydrated so fast without even noticing that you're sweating a lot. Right, and when you become dehydrated, then your heart has to work even harder to pump that blood because you your blood becomes thicker. 
quicker because there's not as much water in your blood because the water is being pushed out of the skin to try to keep you cool. Right. You threw a great term on this one. Apparently that's called cardiac drift. I did not know that one. Well, explain what it means. Okay. So this is the idea that even though you're not working any harder, your heart rate continues to climb over the course of the run. Right. Even though your intensity is the same. Right. You're trying to continue going at a nice relaxed pace or whatever that effort level is, but your heart rate's climbing on you because the the blood is literally thickening up inside of you because too much of it's dehydrating off. Right. And let's not forget the heat in the sun because when that sun is beating down on you, <laughs> it's just hot. And when that you have that kind of heat on you, your core body temperature increases and that's just going to make the run feel a lot harder. I mean, that goes back to our last episode where we were talking about fatigue. One of the key indicators to your brain that what you're doing is hard is the fact that your core body temperature is rising. So if stepping outside makes your core body temperature rise, running is going to make it shoot up even higher. Right. So that's kind of how it is in a dry climate. Now, down here in South Florida, where the humidity... Humidity is basically stifling, and oh, in the summertime, you step out the door and immediately start sweating by just the walk from your front door to the car. It's a little bit different. So in, in that case, what happens is there's so much moisture in the air that the air is already super saturated. So when you sweat, the sweat is not evaporating off of your skin. It just stays on your skin. That's why you just get soaking wet from sweat while you're running in the humidity. And part of that is the moisture from the air is also hitting you. But the other thing is that your sweat is not evaporating. Which is a real big problem because it's the sweat evaporating that actually cools you down. Exactly. So when the sweat doesn't then evaporate, that decreases the body's ability to cool itself down. So then your body tries to produce more sweat to try to increase that cooling effect, which <laughs> then leads to further dehydration because the, the sweat's not evaporating. So your body's like, well, let me just send some more sweat out there to try to get that to evaporate. And it just, you end up getting dehydrated a lot more quickly. It's a, it's a vicious cycle. Basically in, in the heat, whether it's a, a very dry or a very humid environment, you get extra dehydrated faster than normal because of the heat. Right. And that makes the run feel much harder. That makes your body work much harder. And just you need, you end up running slower and still, it still feels as hard as when you're running faster. Right. In better weather. Yes. I mean, that that's why, you know, when they had that, the whole idea of the breaking two hours in the marathon. People were like, oh, well, where are they going to do it? Because they need to get ideal running conditions. And for these like elite level marathoners, ideal running conditions is like just a little under 50 degrees outside. Right. That's certainly not summer down here. No, definitely not. And they've done research studies that have shown that the temperature outside can definitely affect running performance and that the ideal running temperature is right around 50 degrees, like Kevin said. Even when once you get to like 60 degrees, which down here in South Florida is, to me, ideal running temperature. Gorgeous. Oh, 60 degrees is the perfect kind of running weather. But even when you go to 60 degrees you can expect a 2 to 3% increase in your time. So if you normally run like an 8-minute mile, you're going to be running more of like an 8-12 pace, and it's still going to feel the same as an 8-minute mile. Which doesn't seem like much until you start 
adding it up over like a longer race. Right. If you go to some sort of destination race and you're like, you're used to training in a cooler weather and suddenly you go and it's, it's a much hotter conditions down, mm -hmm. down wherever you're going. You know, if it's a half marathon and 10 to 15 seconds per mile, that adds up. It does add up. And the effect gets even more pronounced as the temperature rises. So if once we get to like 80 degrees, temperature has a 12 to 15% effect on your time. So that eight minute mile that you were running in 50 degree weather is now a 906 in 80 degrees. Well, that certainly adds up as you start going mile after mile. For sure. Yeah. So, I mean, last time, last marathon I ran, there were so many people complaining at the start of it. Um, you know, it felt like a, a hot morning. Yeah. It was warm that day. And, and I, I knew that it felt hot, but the sun hadn't even come up yet. Cause it was, you know, before what, five thirty start, I think. Yeah. I mean, when I ran the Fort Lauderdale half this year, it was super humid and warm at the start too. Right. And it's, especially when you're sitting in that corral. And, and everyone is just standing around and, and complaining. And you, and kinda, you have nerves. <laughs> but then this is the best because you look and try and see how tan are the people around you. <laughs> <laughs> to see like, who's a local. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, well, this person's used to training in Florida. And so they're they're like, yeah, it's hot and sticky because it's Florida. And right. then, then the people who are a little bit more pale and they took that trip down because they wanted to run the A1A half or the A1A marathon. You know, it's a beautiful course, but it's going to be a little hot and humid. Right. And... The humidity can also increase the difficulty of a, like the, your perceived difficulty of a run too, and also, also the physical difficulty. There's a study that showed that humidity in like the 60 to 90 percent range can increase your heart rate by 10 beats per minute. So that's gonna change your your pacing as well. So oh, that's that's gonna mess with you. I mean. It 10 beats per minute, it, you just automatically feel like you're running at a whole nother level. Right. You know, just standing around at your resting heart rate and an extra 10 beats per minute, that doesn't feel like much. But when you start getting into a race and you're pushing towards the upper levels, mm -hmm. throw an extra 10 beats per minute and your body's not even sure what to do with it anymore. Yeah, exactly. All right. So let's talk about some of the heat related illnesses or conditions that can develop if we're not properly taking care of ourselves in the heat. So the first one simply is muscle cramping. So when you run in the heat, a lot of times you can become dehydrated. And when the body gets dehydrated, it also loses electrolytes. And that can lead to muscle cramping both during the run and after the run. So the simple solution for this is make sure you're hydrated. And and not just taking in water, too. This is part of the issue, right, of the loss of electrolytes. Right. Is you can't just replace that by drinking water. Right. It's the sodium and the potassium and the magnesium balance. Specifically, magnesium is the most important electrolyte for muscle cramping. Which is, of course, why you see the giant piles of bananas at the end of every single local road race you've got. Well, yeah, that's for the potassium, mostly. All right. Second, we've got your basic dehydration, your symptoms that you are starting to get severely dehydrated, which is dizziness, uh, higher levels of fatigue, and mental fog. Right. Okay, which is kind of tricky to figure out if you're pushing yourself in a race, but it's that where you just really can't think clearly at all. Yeah, and so that's kind of the early signs of dehydration. Dehydration can then lead into heat exhaustion, which is more serious, and that includes symptoms like dizziness, headache, nausea, the cold, clammy skin, and like profuse sweating. Do you ever get that when you're out on a run and then all of a sudden you just feel cold? 
Like that is scary. Yes. That's a scary feeling. Yeah. If you're out on a run and it's like 90 degrees and you start shivering, yeah. you might need to call it a day. Yeah. That's not a good sign. I've, I've been there. Right. So basically what happens during heat exhaustion, your core body temperature can reach as high as 104 degrees. And so your body is not sure what to do. So then it just keeps, you know, you're profusely sweating to try to cool your body temperature down and that can lead to you feeling cold. So that's like a very scary feeling. And you need to basically stop what you're doing, find some shade, get some fluids in you so that it it doesn't progress onto heat stroke. Ideally, find somebody else to help get you taken care of and help get some of these things to you because you don't want to keep pushing yourself just to get to some water. Right. Like you need to help would be good here. Right. So let's talk about heat stroke. Uh, Heat stroke. This is, this is the last one where your core body temperature is actually reaching all the way up to 105. Okay. Or over. Or or beyond. All right. The, some of the symptoms here, uh, disorient, disorientation, clumsiness, confusion, poor balance. And at this point you have stopped sweating entirely. Right. And I've, I've been there too. This one I'm all about on the, the kids during, during the fall where it's like they're in the middle of a workout and you can see them, they're sweating and then they're sweating a lot. And then they come back off that next rep and they're done. They've just, they're not sweating at all. All right. Time for you to call it a day. You're you're done. Let's bring you over to the trainer. Right. And once someone and passing out is obviously a very prominent symptom of heat stroke too. So once someone is in this condition, they need immediate medical attention and you actually don't want to give them water at this point. You just need to get them into like a cold bath, get them into shade. You need to help just cool the body temperature down as quickly as possible. Yeah, ice packs on them. Yes. Um, ice packs. I've, I've done, I've been here. Um, I, I remember a race when I was in high school. I, I don't remember much of the race. I remember almost none of the race itself. I remember a very specific kid passing me in the last like hundred meters, which I think might've been one of the last kids left in the race. I barely remembered where I was. Um, but I, I vividly remember once I made it back to the tent, cause like my teammates and my coaches and parents kind of like dragged it half, carried me back to the tent. I remember my coach filling up a Ziploc bag full of ice and throwing it down my shorts. And I'm, that <laughs> was, that, that's like the Whoa. only, that's the recovery memory that I have Yikes. from that experience. Yikes. But he was like, no, 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 it's going to, it's, it'll cool him down quickly. Thanks coach. Right. Right. So while these things, can be very scary and all result from dehydration. There are also a lot of advantages to training in the heat. Number one, your body becomes more efficient at everything because your body has to figure out what to do in the heat. And so it has to become more efficient at where it's sending blood and how it's cooling the body down and dealing with the blood flow and the temperature issues. Your body has to become more efficient. It, it ends up actually sweating more water and sweating less electrolytes. Your your sweat is more water because you can replace that easier. So right. it, it knows it. It senses that and it, it adjusts. Right. So your body becomes much more efficient efficient at dealing with that increase in core body temperature. So it learns how to send more blood to the skin to cool you down quicker. Number two, you actually, your body produce, starts producing more blood because it realizes, huh, I don't really have enough blood to both cool the body down and continue to fuel the heart and the muscles. So why don't I just make some more blood so that I have enough blood to do both? 
and and also you start sweating sooner like your body just senses it i remember when i first started running i i would go over to the gym with my dad and i would get up on a treadmill and run forever and his friends were always like your kid runs on the treadmill forever and never sweats and i because i was really fairly poorly hydrated and (laughs) (laughs) and my my body has adjusted over years of doing this that if i start heading out the door it's it's realized no 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 dude you move to florida we're gonna start sweating about three steps into the run today yeah so don't be scared of the heat and humidity and don't be scared of running in the heat and humidity because it's really good for your running if you can train through the summer and let your body adapt and make these changes. When the weather starts cooling down again in the fall and the winter, you're going to see your time start dropping like crazy. And you're going to be like, oh, that was all worth it. Yeah. I mean, the ability to carry the the excess blood then means you can carry more fuel and more oxygen to the muscles. So when it's not a billion degrees outside, suddenly your performance just automatically improves. Exactly. So don't be afraid of it. Just do it intelligently. So now we're going to go over 10 tips to help you train better in the heat and humidity. Number one, stay hydrated, okay? This is important if you're in a dry climate, if you're in a humid climate, it doesn't matter. You need to stay hydrated. So there's a couple ways to go about this. Number one, if it's really, really hot and humid outside, aim for about four to eight ounces of water every 15 to 20 minutes. That seems like a lot. But it's actually really important based on the rate that you're losing the fluids out of your body. One of my running buddies, she, I love running with her because she knows where every water fountain is on our normal (laughs) routes. She knows where every bathroom is. She knows where every water fountain is. And we stop for water when we're out on our long runs every Saturday. And I never used to do that. But I've realized how important it is. And, And this amazing woman has run over 30 marathons and she understands the importance of hydration and and replenishing those fluids frequently, especially as we get into these summer months. You've got a great point on here. If you're not quite sure how much you're sweating, a good way to check this is to weigh yourself both before and after a workout to see how much water weight you have lost. Right. And then you have to replenish that. So, um, There's a couple of rules of thumb here. For every pound you've lost, that means you need to be drinking in 16 ounces. Or for our more international listeners, you get a much easier metric conversion. You need one liter of water for every kilogram lost. One liter for every kilogram. It's a one-to-one yay metric system. Okay, so number two is run early or run late, but try to avoid that midday sun. Yeah, I believe the, the... Standard recommendation is avoid being out in the sun between like one and four o'clock, which is rough when you're coaching cross country. Yes, it's definitely (laughs) hard. Those early season practices in August and September are brutal. Which is why every once in a while we'll give the kids an afternoon off and say, okay, but we're going to meet on Saturday morning nice and early. Right. So the other thing you have to think about, though, is there oftentimes is more humidity in the morning. So even though you're avoiding the heat of the sun, you still have that humidity because it tends to be you know, more dewy in the morning and more humid in the morning. So that dehydration thing still matters big time. Oh, the dehydration definitely matters. The other day I finished my run and I mean, I was dripping and I checked my phone and it said that it was 100% humidity outside. Oh yeah. I had a 99% or the other day. It was ridiculous. All right, what's number three? Number three, run in the shade. 
Plan your run ahead of time. Find some routes that are lined with trees that are next. I mean, there's there's a uh, a street by us that kind of has a wall next to it, so it's kind of annoying to run next to the wall. But if you hit it early enough in the morning, that wall is in fact a giant wall of shade. Yeah, the hedges too. The hedges help. Yeah, those hedges help. So it's it's helpful to know which direction the sun is coming from. If it's coming from the east, which direction you're running, so that you can kind of plan out where that shade is going to be on your run. Yeah, and then along this thing, trail running is better than running on the road. It, it feels like it is too, it, but in fact, for real, the the concrete and the asphalt are actually absorbing the heat and then transmitting it back to you. Whereas being surrounded by more of a natural environment is actually a cooler experience. Yes, in all senses of the word, <laughs> it is. Number four is wear performance fabric and try to avoid cotton. You want to choose moisture wicking, lighter colors. That's going to help to help dissipate the heat better. Yeah, avoid the cotton. That just gets, uh, suddenly you're running in a towel. It's just hanging off of you and it just feels terrible by the end of a long run. Mm -hmm. All right, number five. Number five, plan your run around water fountains or stash water along the route. Yes, and like I said, my friend is amazing at this. Why don't you tell everybody what you used to do during your marathon training? Well, there's a couple spots along on the run that I know a drinking fountain to hit partway through. So that got me at about the, the third of the way through the run. A couple I passed, of the local parks. Right. I passed a park, so I would dip in and, and be able to get a drinking fountain. And then we passed our friend's house. They're not, they're not like down the street from us. They're a good, what, five? Four and a half, five miles away. Yeah. And but then, these were out on your like 16-mile runs. Yeah, and depending on how I'd close that loop, like they're five miles away, but I would close it so it was like a seven or eight. Mm-hmm. But they would leave water for me in their mailbox. Yeah, that was awesome. It was fantastic. Except and, for the one day he forgot. <laughs> except the one day he forgot. He felt so bad for like two weeks afterwards. Like, he really did. Like he, he would apologize every time I, I went past him. I'm like, it's, it's going to be okay. Didn't he like leave you a cooler with ice in it one point? One time also? Well, the first time he did it, he tried to leave me like a cold bottle of water. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, don't. It's hard to chug that. The problem was it wasn't even cold. Mm. I'm like, don't even worry about it. By the time I got to it, it was so hot. Because overnight here in South Florida, I think it gets down to like 80 over the <laughs> if summer. We're lucky. Yeah. So he put out this super cold bottle of water the night before. And by the time I got to it the next morning, it was, you know, plenty warm. Yeah. But I didn't really care. It was, it, I was at mile like 13. I just wanted water. Exactly. Number six, if you like to wear hats when you run like I do, you might want to switch to visors in the summertime because the visors keep your head open and then more heat can dissipate out the top of your head. Whereas if you're wearing a running hat or a baseball cap or a trucker hat, that heat gets trapped in. So it's harder for your body to get rid of heat. So switch over to a visor during the summer months. Just make sure you're getting your sunscreen taken care of on top of your head. Some of us have a little uh, spots that need some help on top. (laughs) All right, Kevin, what's number seven? (laughs) Number seven, carry a small sponge with you to help absorb some of the sweat. Right, and you, you don't want like a kitchen sponge. You want a natural sponge that's super absorbent. And you can get those all over the place nowadays. Okay. Or on Amazon. I mean... Yeah, I, I've never done it before, but I, I saw it online and I thought it was a good recommendation because then you can use the sponge to kind of sop off the sweat. Sure. And wring it out as you go. I, I just... I don't know. 
Okay. Number eight. <laughs> At the end of your run, have a cold towel waiting from you. Now, this is one of the things that I absolutely love about our cross-country team. Oh, God bless our cross-country parents. I know. I, I mean, there's a million things I love about our team. But a few years ago, one of the moms got a bunch of washcloths and she actually embroidered all of them with the the team logo which was so so sweet and she took the the night before our cross-country races she would put those washcloths in an ice cold water and put it in the freezer she'd wet them all and put them in the freezer so she'd show up the morning of our cross-country races with a cooler full of frozen washcloths and at the end of the race she would pass out she would stand at the finish line and pass out these washcloths to all of our runners as they cross the line and it i mean the, the runners love them this is something that they look forward to after every single race and unfortunately her daughter graduated so she is thus that passed down the washcloths to the next family and and They've kept up the tradition, and I hope it continues, but I just think it's fantastic. And, and these kids take their washcloths, and they put it around their necks because if you're looking for the quickest um, places to cool yourself down, it's actually the inside of your wrist and the back of your neck. Those are the two places where you can put cold water, and it cools your body temperature down the quickest. Excellent. So cold towel at the end of your run. Like if you are out meeting friends, you can have a cooler in your trunk with some cold towels in it, like some wet cold towels. That's going to help you cool down at the end. Yeah. Cold towel on the back of the neck just sounds amazing right about now. Yeah. All, All right. right. Number nine. Number nine. Run by effort, not by pace. Okay. Running in the heat, whether it's a dry heat or humid heat, running the heat feels harder. So don't worry about what the watch says quite so much. You want to make sure that it's feeling like you're hitting the appropriate effort. Right. And number 10, slow down. So basically it's kind of the same as number nine, but really expect to be slower. That is okay. The summer months, the training in the heat and humidity, it feels a heck of a lot harder than it does when you're running in cooler weather. So just accept it. Don't worry if you're not hitting your ideal paces. If your paces are even a minute or more slower than you're normally used to running, don't sweat it. So I actually didn't even <laughs> intend that pun to be there, but I'm glad that I said that. Nailed it. And we're still cracking up because we just had to do an outtake because we both sounded ridiculous when we realized that the, the pun that was you just... You went with don't sweat it. <laughs> Come on. Hey, what are you going to do? All right. So just expect to be slower. That's pretty much that's and, the takeaway. And, and just appreciate that you're still out there and you're training and think about all the benefits that you're getting while you're running and training through the summer months. Yeah. Cause you know, October and November are coming and whether you got a fall race plan, a spring race, or you're just staying in shape year round, you're getting benefits of this summer training in the long run. This is going to help you out. Okay, so that wraps it up for today, but we've got some super exciting news that we want to share with you guys. We're really, really pumped about this. We have decided to start to do some destination races because we love hearing from our listeners and we would love nothing more than to start meeting some of our listeners too in real life and, and just talk to you and, and hear your story and just get to meet you and, and become part of the tribe and the community that we have. So... The first destination race that we have decided to run 
is the Key West Half Marathon and 5K on January 20th, 2019. Woohoo! Real life runners heading to the Keys. Yeah. So it sounds like a far way away, but we want to put it out there and put it on your radar for you to start thinking about if you might want to come and join us down in Key West for a fun race. I mean, this is an awesome race. It's one of the top 10 destination races. Yeah, multiple magazines have named this one of the top 10 international destination races. It's beautiful environment. If you're if you're stuck in the doldrums of summer training, it's nice to have a goal. Even if it's a little far out in January, it's nice to have something sitting out there to keep you motivated and keep you pushing when it's a billion degrees outside. Right. And you also have to get on top of those travel plans because things sell out in Key West. Key yes. West is not a large place. And so if you want to come join us, I want you to start thinking about it because there are logistics to work out as far as if you're coming out of town, if you need a place to stay. We want to make sure that if you want to join us, you're able to join us. So start thinking about it now. Put it on your radar. We would absolutely love, love, love to meet you guys. So I'm working with the marketing director now. I'm going to get some perks. She's already um, given me a a free race entry that we're going to do a giveaway for. She's going to send me some cool stuff that we're going to do some giveaways here on the podcast. So we're super, super pumped about it. We want to plan a party and a little get together. There's going to be a lot of things that we're going to try to accomplish with this. But ultimately, the whole goal is just to meet you guys and and take care of you and thank you for listening to us and supporting us on this podcast. And um, we just think it'd be super fun. So... So for right now, what do we have? We have a... Well, right now we have a race code. So if you are interested in registering for the Key West Half Marathon or the 5K, you can register the website. Their website is keywesthalfmarathon.com and you register register through active.com. And if you use the code Real Life, you'll get 15% off your registration and then you'll be added to the Real Life Runners team. And like I said, we're going to do some cool giveaways and other fun things with with our group i'm very excited for this i'm I'm, so excited i'm super excited to have the trip to to meet other people to just have a team united together it's going to be fantastic it's going to be really cool and we're looking into getting shirts and some gear for our group and it's just going to be a whole lot of fun so keep that in mind put it on your radar start thinking about whether or not you might want to join us if you don't want to run the half marathon, they also have a 5K. So so don't sweat it. So don't, don't sweat <laughs> it. So join us for the 5K if you want. I know it's kind of a long way to go for a 5K, but it's Martin Luther J- Jr., uh, Martin Luther King Jr. weekend. So you'll have that Monday off. You can come join us, come party in the Keys with us, and uh, it'll be a fun time all around. So think about that. Head on over to iTunes and leave us a review if you enjoyed this episode. We love those reviews. They help to get our show out to the masses. Please leave us a review if you haven't already. And if you have a question, shoot us an email. You can do Kevin at RealLifeRunners.com, Angie at RealLifeRunners.com, and we'll be happy to answer any questions you might have. Thank you guys so much for listening and for joining us this week, and we will catch you next week.